Hey everybody, this is Dan Young. And Craig Morrison. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Total Wellness Radio, where every week, Craig and I bring you natural, non-invasive approaches to today's most common health concerns that you can use immediately in your home with you and your family. So, thank you so much again for Craig, this is Dan, for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio. Hey, good day, everybody. Welcome to Country Doctors Wellness Wednesday. We try to come to you every week on Wednesday, obviously, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where we have discussions on different concerns that people have, different challenges, health challenges, that people come to us literally from all over the country, um, the Northwest for sure, uh, as we're located here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And we're an ongoing opportunity to try and serve, and our objective of the Wellness Wednesday is obviously to give you as many resources as possible that we know from our experience that even though maybe we haven't seen you in our clinic uh, directly and have done hands-on evaluations, we know from our experience that these resources have proven themselves time and time again to be very beneficial, very safe, uh, in many cases very effective. Hey, Rita, thanks for joining. Um, and so we're just going to dive right into it. It seems that there are, uh, there's a lot of confusion with people regarding gut health, okay? Large and small intestine. Hey, Deb, thanks for joining. Uh, large and small intestine stress is, uh, you know, and, and things like Crohn's, diverticulitis, diverticulosis, um, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, irritable bowel disease. I mean, there's just, it's so confusing for most people because of the communication and the lack of real understanding and real guidance and real resources to give to people um, so that they can understand that there's just a few simple key things, maybe a half a dozen key things that makes 80 or 90% of the difference in terms of gut health. And so although there may be all kinds of symptoms and modern disease management theory is that, you know, you have this symptom, it's got to have that name, and then here's what you use for it. Or you have uh, that symptom, and so therefore you need that, you know, particular specialist. Or you, you have, uh, you know, all these different, all these different um, symptoms. And what I have to educate people on, on a regular basis, is, hey, Teresa, thanks for joining is to re-educate them, right? In a manner that is very empowering. It's, uh, it gives them insight into the fact that one or two things being off when it comes to gut health can produce a myriad of symptoms. And the, again, the disease management model of, of health uh, management in America suggests that, well, you know, if you have bloating, then we're going to go send you a GI specialist. But if you have pain, well, now we're going to go get a CAT scan or, you know, there's just every every little symptom, it seems, has its own standalone professional or specialist that has a series of tests that they can run, which then leads to, um, you know, some options with pharmaceutical medications and uh, or procedures uh, not uh, limited to, but also including uh, surgery. So, so it's confusing, right? I mean, and we're so overwhelmed. Uh, all the different names, all the different illnesses, all the different symptoms seem to be standalone things that people 
in the medical profession think need some kind of treatment. When our experience for the last 20 years has been that when you address two or three key things, then we know from, from, that, uh, from those results that the vast majority of people uh, see lasting uh, resolution in these concerns. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit about irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, because that seems to be a very common term that is used to describe uh, the challenges that people are having with the gut. And, you know, one of the number one things that, that we talk about with people is to understand the performance basics of your body, okay? You need to really understand that food is fuel. You know, in this country, food has been demoted uh, to only having a pleasurable status in society. And the truth of the matter is, is that food is your fuel. The purpose of food is to give your body the raw materials it needs to restore, rebuild, and repair, right? To perform its functions on a daily basis. And um, if, you're not, if you're eating processed, refined, simple carbs, uh, 60 or 70% of your daily intake of food is uh, from the, you know, the sugar groups of foods, you know, cookies, candies, cakes, colas, muffins, scones, uh, bread, uh, rolls, this type of thing, pizza, okay? And you're eating these kind of foods on a consistent, regular, uh, basically a daily basis. You are doing your, your gut. Your gut is just going to be horrendously inflamed. You're going to have pain. You're going to have bloating, gas, nausea. You're going to experience maybe diarrhea or constipation. Uh, I've got a one gal that I'm working with right now that uh, is lucky when she got here, was lucky if she had a bowel movement a week, a bowel movement a week, and wondering why she felt so bad with headaches and eyes and ears. Her sinuses were all jacked up, breathing, heart issues, um, you know, taking place. And all of these things can be traced back to improper habits around maintaining excellent gut health. <clears throat> so we're going to dive into this. Uh, IBS is one of those things that, uh, again, is, is one of the common terms that people hear uh, thrown around in, uh, in uh, clinics and hospitals uh, that you might be suffering from IBS or uh, irritable bowel syndrome, irritable bowel disease. Um, and again, these things are just names of symptoms. They don't really tell you anything. They certainly don't position you to have any of the real resources necessary to pull yourself out of that condition and really establish good health. You know, in, in some of the literature, it was um, written that 50% of gastroenterologist visits in America uh, are labeled IBS. That's what they're labeled. But I want to get into some of the signs and symptoms, some of the possible causes, and then give you some nutritional things to consider and be aware of so that you can start taking control and actually reestablish good health. Rather than masking it with a symptom or taking a drug that kills the pain um, or another drug that stops the diarrhea or another drug that makes you go, um, really start addressing the underlying root causes of these concerns. So if you're a person who suffers from, and I got a list here, I'm gonna share it with you, abdominal pain, excess mucus in the stool, Again, we mentioned uh, constipation, nausea, diarrhea, bloating, even emotional issues, anxieties and depressions, um, ADD, ADHD. When I was in grade school many, many decades ago, we didn't have kids who were labeled ADD, ADHD. And our public school systems have come up with an additional money monopoly on uh, the money scheme, really, 
uh, when they can label these kids with some type of behavioral issue, then they get more money. They get additional funding for special needs. Uh, and these kids are labeled with special needs when in fact they have lousy dietary habits. The vast majority of them that we see, all of them that come through with those kind of concerns, have to develop new health habits. And it has to start with what they're eating. Not overnight, but it takes three to six months. Give it about three to six months of executing and implementing the resources that we're going to talk about. And you'll see amazing transformations take place with your children as well as adults. So possible causes. Number one thing we find is food sensitivities. Now, in our office, we don't actually do food allergy testing because that's more of a diagnostic, uh, you know, with the, with the allergists in their office. What we evaluate is the pattern recognition for people who have a sensitivity to certain foods. They may not be producing antibodies in, in, the, in the blood to a certain type of protein that an allergist would be able to spot, but they're still having all of the same physical symptoms of somebody who has actually has an allergy to oats, wheat, corn, gluten, uh, certain you know rices, most of your grains, dairy products are going to be a real big contributing factor to this. And you know, I had some people in the past that have said, uh, "Yeah, but when I drink dairy, it makes my tummy feel better." Well, in the moment, it coats it, it calms it down, but it's perpetuating the problem. So we have to find suitable food-related uh, um, alternatives that people can use, you know, going to almond milk or, or a cashew milk in, a, in small amounts or going to, uh, you know, a coconut milk. So other factors that will contribute to this problem, uh, especially in adults and children, okay, with just anybody that's dealing with this is stress. Taking on way too much stress, overworked, um, not sleeping properly, again, on the go, fast motion, fast moving lifestyles, and, uh, and these people develop a, a, an aberrant, a negative uh, emotional patterns that can accumulate and really contribute to this problem. Again, we talked about refined foods, processed foods. You know, when I was a, a younger man, I used to uh, joke with people, my friends, that, uh, you know, I, I, I ate from the four basic food groups, frozen, instant, canned, and takeout, right? And, you know, with guys, especially uh, for me, 30 plus years ago, uh, that seemed to be the norm because that's what people did. Uh, but I got better information, better resources, uh, better disciplines over time, develop better habits so that these are not the, uh, that's not the, the way the diet goes these days. One that we find a lot with folks, and there's a test, if you go to the Country Doctor Nutritional Center Facebook, or countrydoctornutritionalcenter.com, the website, and look under the free downloads, you'll see a, a free download that you can get. It's a one-page test, very simple home evaluation to check for this one. And this one we find in about 70 or 80% of the cases that we have to deal with here at the clinic. And it's for spotting the overgrowth, the potential overgrowth of yeast fungus, okay? The, the textbook term is uh, Candida albicans, um, but there's a saliva test, there's a urine test that can be easily performed at home where you can spot evidence that maybe there's an overgrowth of this type of thing in the gut. Hey, Kathy, thanks for joining me. And this is a test that I encourage people to do once every quarter 
to no less than twice a year to do a test, even when you're feeling good. See if there's an evidence of a little bit of overgrowth uh, in the GI tract from candida albicans. Now, we all have this. We have to, to process sugar and alcohol. It's a normal part of the microbiome. It has to be there. The problem is, is that it overgrows, okay? There's no such thing as a yeast infection. However, we have seen uh, in our uh, experience here in the clinic, on many occasions, a severe overgrowth of this. The environment gets out of balance uh, tragically. And so we uh, have people do these tests on a regular basis. If you suspect that this is an issue with you, there's a very simple one or two step protocol that you can follow for uh, 30 to 60 days to really get this back, back in line. People who are not eating enough fiber and not staying well hydrated. Hey Lydia, thanks for joining me. These are folks that maybe they're either constipated or, they're or they have diarrhea and you can be eating a lot of fruits and vegetables but if you're not hydrated, the fiber can constipate. It's a bulking agent for the bowel. It also helps to pull out toxins that do not belong. And these toxins that sit in the bowel, that 26 foot of piping, longer than they should, or longer than those uh, elements should, can really create a lot of stress, a lot of irritation, sites of future infection, okay? It also contributes to being diagnosed with, um, with uh, diverticulitis, uh, and, uh, diverticulosis and diverticulitis. Um, these are, these are uh, very common things that people are told they have, but these are 100% byproduct effects of diet and not getting enough good fiber, good hydration, and eating too many refined or processed foods. Hey, Diana, thanks for joining me. The other thing that we see that will, um, over time, be a big contributor to the possible causes is someone who uh, has gotten in the habit of overusing laxatives um, or has a history in the past of using way too many antibiotics. You know, when antibiotics first came out, uh, disease management was hailed, you know, penicillin was the first one. It was hailed as a wonder drug, right? Um, it was written up in the newspapers as a miracle cure, right, for, for infections. And in the context that it was originally used, that's very true, in that it was saving people's lives. You, they could be on their deathbed. And you give them enough antibiotics... And boy, you'll knock that infection back on the body uh, so that they, they, it actually saves lives. The problem is, because, since that discovery in 1941, I believe, in the last 70, 80 years, if you sneeze in the presence of, of, a, of a medical doctor, uh, more often than not, they'll write you a script for, you know, they want to write you a script for an antibiotic. And all you did was sneeze. So the overuse of what was originally a very a very reliable resource and saved a lot of lives. There's no, no question about that. But the overuse of these types of uh, medications, uh, whether it be over-the-counter or prescription, um, tends to really set up the microbiome to have uh, horrendous imbalances, a lack of good uh, bacterias, uh, pre and probiotics are disrupted, then it affects the hormones, then it can affect the cardiovascular, then it affects metabolism respiration, skin issues develop from that type of, of imbalance. So all of these things are connected and really pay close attention to the overuse of those things. Nutrient applications, some home remedies, okay, that you can consider for, uh, for uh, helping calm any, especially if you have 
like pain or bloating, that type of thing. Uh, valerian, chamomile, ginger teas, these types of teas, small amounts with a very minuscule amount, maybe a teaspoon of honey. Uh, honey's got propolis, which is a natural antibiotic. Uh, it, is, it makes it taste better, okay? Uh, a little bit of honey makes the medicine go down, so to speak. And it can be wonderful for calming and soothing the gut and any challenges it might have. Another remedy that I love, and we use a lot of this uh, in the clinical sense, is uh, black currant seed oil. Black currant seed oil is one of the best anti-inflammatory oils. Very, oils. It's, it's very safe, it's very effective. We use it a lot with women who have um, um, you know, menstrual issues, menstrual concerns, a lot of cramping or pain or discomfort in the pelvic region. Uh, we use it quite extensively, uh, and it can be used safely for long periods of time with no side effects at all. Uh, but it's great as a natural anti-inflammatory, helps the body position itself to get rid of the discomfort, uh, helps to balance out hormones uh, in most cases. Uh, so we find that to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful resource. You know, I mentioned uh, pre and probiotics, or I mentioned the, the gut flora. This is something that in most people is being killed off on almost a daily basis. And if it's not being replenished by good quality, dark green, fresh fruits, vegetables, cruciferous type vegetables uh, that we have good, we can get and gain good bacteria from, then it needs to be supplemented. Uh, one of the best things that we have found is a, a product that we um, use and researched uh, called Bioflora. And the reason I'm so impressed with it, and we've been using it for, for decades, is because it contains both the pre and probiotic, meaning that it has elements in there that help nurture the, the environment so cultures of the good bacteria can thrive and grow again. So it's almost like food for the bacteria and the bacteria all in one, all together. And it's called Bioflora. It's really a great, a great place to start with most people in terms of helping to balance out uh, the gut microbiome. And then finally, after nutrient applications, let's look at some dietary modifications and lifestyle applications that we should consider. One of the biggest things that we find in our office every time is two things. One is eliminating food sensitivities. Here's how that must be accomplished. Number one, identification of the foods that are causing the problem, that are creating or feeding the issue and the problem, and eliminating those from the diet for a minimum of 90 days. That is the ideal scenario. And then in conjunction with that, make sure that the person is taking the proper enzymes with every meal every day to break down and emulsify and digest things properly. And if you are not, if you don't have a gallbladder, if you're one of those uh, who has had their gallbladder removed, um, and then you've had a serious uh, disruption to proper digestion, one of the best resources for that is to make sure you're using an enzyme that has uh, ox bile, is a bile supplement uh, to help emulsify and break down fats, and um, also uh, use it with every meal, no matter what the meal is for a while, to help get things uh, in balance. Hey, Ashley, thanks for joining us. We're about to wrap it up here. The next thing we find, uh, along with the food sensitivities, is to make certain that we have identified any potential underlying immune challenge. Now, when I say immune challenge, we're looking for a weakness in the immune system that would allow any type of bacteria, uh, viral activity, uh, fungus, uh, parasites, that type of thing. And it's easily identified 
and you can easily enhance in a safe manner the immune system with natural remedies. Uh, one we use is called Virex, another is called Immuplex or Congaplex, Total Para from NutraWest, wonderful product. Uh, Country Doctor Herbals has total um, uh, CDH Peractive in a liquid or a capsule, uh, safe for children. And if you suspect your pets might be dealing with uh, any kind of parasite activity, here's how you know, just so you have some additional resources to go by, especially if you have dogs and you live with them in your home. You know, our great grandparents uh, said, you know, animals don't live in houses, they live in barns. People live in houses. And they were intuitively wise. Um, in saying that, that maybe they never explained it to us fully, but they were wise because they knew that barnyard animals brought into the home barnyard bugs, like parasites. And if you have pets, primarily dogs or cats, but dogs will give uh, certain signals. Um, they will have a real bad uh, foul breath. That can be a sign. A dingy, listless coat, not shiny and sleek. Uh, very lethargic in their behavior, and they shouldn't be. Maybe they're young, and they should be playful, and they all they do is all they want to do is lie around uh, and not be uh, too active and playful. Uh, if they're eating weird things outdoors, now I know some people say, "Oh, well, it's the breed he is. He likes to chew on everything." But if he's doing that and having some of these other behaviors and physical symptoms in the coat or the breath, then it needs to be looked at. And, uh, and lastly, if their poops are really weird, <laughs> okay? And I know for those of you who have watched our uh, Facebook Lives in the past and listened to our Total Wellness Radio podcast, you know that we do talk a lot about bowel movements uh, here at The Country Doctor, but it's one of the keys to health. And, uh, and getting back on the kids a little bit, you know, once a child is potty trained, it's been my observation that parents completely kind of ignore that part of the child's life. They don't ask them about it. They don't really, you know, communicate with them about on a daily basis. Are you going poop every day kind of thing? Um, I've had parents bring kids in with stomach ache, stomach ache, stomach aches and, um, you know, would ask just a few questions and spot really quickly that, um, you know, mom and dad are going to have to pay a little more attention to uh, little Tommy's bathroom habits uh, because he has learned how to hold it. Maybe he's back in school. Uh, and, uh, you know, they don't uh, practice good health habits, and I don't allow good health habits to be practiced, I should say, in our public schools. So these kids are being positioned to have real uh, chronic uh, mystery tummy aches and upsets, and the fact of the matter is they're just not using the bathroom enough. So we tackle that. People who are around a lot of uh, toxic chemicals, paints and lacquers and, and building products and carpets, upholsteries, Maybe your hab uh, hobby is to, to work on cars uh, or to do paintings and things of this nature. Um, you know, those are a lot of uh, the resources, excuse me, the sources of a lot of different toxins that we can get ingested in the body. And those can accumulate and create a lot of problems uh, in the gut area uh, that just seem like mystery illnesses, but yet with a very practical acknowledgement and pattern recognition of what causes people to become ill, we can then introduce the right habits to help them regain their health. So most often people will need to do some form of bowel cleansing, uh, something that's safe and effective, uh, ICF-1 and 2 in our office, but there's, there's others out there that have the cascara sagrada, the fennel, um, you know, that have the cape aloe leaf, 
which is wonderful for helping to heal and promote natural anti-inflammatory properties in the body. Okra, uh, okra as a supplement powder, not fried okra or pickled okra, but uh, you know, good quality okra products uh, have amazing, amazing healing properties. And, uh, and aloe vera, I'll finish with aloe vera. I love, there's a, here in Cheyenne, we just got our new natural grocers up and running uh, over on Del Range, a much bigger place. I love, uh, was in there last Friday. Uh, this Friday, we'll be back to start setting up an ongoing schedule of classes. We used to lecture at natural grocers uh, to the public for free classes on a regular basis, and we're excited to be able to offer that again. And so Sarah, who is the nutritional counsel over there, and myself will be meeting this Friday and going through uh, what that looks like in the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, so if you're here in the Cheyenne area and you go to the natural grocers, watch for that to be on the calendar. We're going to do some fun demonstrations and have some meaningful discussions on what you can do in a natural, non-invasive way to restore optimum function. So that's coming. Um, I want to look at my calendar here real quick. Pardon me. In October, on October 5th, which will be our next Wellness Wednesday, we're going to talk about the lymphatic system. You know, we have 8 to 10 pints of blood in the human body, and we have a heart that moves it. Uh, we have about 40 pints of lymph fluid in the body, which is one of the keys to our immune system and the detoxification agents of the body. But there's some specific exercises we're going to give you so that you can get the lymphatic system really moving and uh, help it to uh, cleanse and perform its uh, duties properly. So that's October 5th will be the next Wellness Wednesday on the lymphatic system. It's a really important discussion. It affects all of us. Uh, the sedentary lifestyle doesn't contribute to healthy lymphatic flow. So we're going to talk in detail about that uh, next Tuesday uh, at 6.15. If you're in the Cheyenne area, we're going to have our clinic orientation class by stopping by for about 30 minutes and attending the class. Your first two visits with our office are always complimentary. We do this to make absolutely certain that we're a great match for you and that our recommendations are practical and simple and fun and that you're going to be able to do them and follow those those recommendations to get the best health back that you possibly can. And as always, please tune in to Total Wellness Radio. If you go to iTunes or Spotify, any of the, you know, the Podbean platforms that carry native podcasts on your phones, you're certainly welcome to tune in to Total Wellness Radio. This is going to be episode like 378, I think. Uh, on the podcast, so we're excited about bring, being, been doing that for about five years now in uh, interviewing other practitioners and covering these topics of the week as well on that podcast. So please feel welcome to reach out, leave comments. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. Wow, that 26, almost 27 minutes and it just flew by and I get to go back to work and uh, help people here at the clinic. So thank you as always for tuning in. Take care, be blessed, have a wonderful week. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thanks again for tuning in. And for more information, be sure and catch us on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time at the Country Doctor Nutritional Center Facebook page. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in.